Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, here we go. Why not? Do another show. Might as well. I got nothing better to do. Let's just do another show. Why not? Why not? Nothing better to do. Nothing really to do around. Boring. Not much happening in the world. We're just sitting here waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to, something of value to come along. I guess I could go take pictures. I like that. I like photography. I like hanging out with my dog. That's fun. I like going places. I like the freedom of being able to go places. I do dig that. be pretty cool. But let's see. Let me just think about this. Things keep going the way they're going. I won't be able to walk my dog. I won't be able to go take pictures. Anytime I want. I won't be able to do the stuff that I want to do. I just won't be able to do any of the things that I want to do. Why? Because we lose this election, we're done. (laughs) We are done, folks. Do you understand that? You know, I'm going to tell you, because this, you know, this is just me. I always like to have a reason for doing things. I always like to uh, to understand why I do what I do. I don't just like to just, you know, willy-nilly sort of just do stuff. I like to have a reason. I like to think it through. I like to, I like to feel, I like to feel good about what I'm doing. And if I'm not doing something, then guess what? I better I had better know why I'm not involved. I better know why I'm not plugged in. Right? See, that's the thing. That's the really big thing. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we do what we do? Are we bored? Is that what it is? Are we are we doing what we do because we're bored? Are we doing what we do because we've got nothing better to do? Nothing more important to do? Why do we do what we do? 
It would seem, by the way, thank you uh, to everybody who listened to last night's uh, message. I don't know. It's uh, There's a bunch of people trying to listen from the villages in Florida. I'm getting messages. Awesome. Good to have you listening. Thank you. Um, we had a technical difficulty, which I got fixed today. I went to the Apple store, and uh, they refused to crack open my phone, but they did fix my computer. And uh, I tell you what, they were they were awesome. They were awesome. They fixed me up. Every time I go there, I'm I'm always I'm always really super pleased with the service. I mean, they are phenomenal. You can say what you want about your feelings on them not cracking open that phone, but, you know, that phone gets cracked open one time. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to crack open everybody's phone. That's how they do. I, I'm i with you, man. I'm with you. Hey, I look, I don't want them cracking open my phone, and, and I want to be able to look behind the curtain of the terrorist phones, but, hey, you know, I just, uh, I'll tell you what, they always abuse whatever power they have. They abuse it. You know that. I know that. Come on, let's be for real. They they just plain and simple abuse it. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Why don't we, uh, why don't we face it? Today's show, by the way. I'm calling conservative kryptonite because we have uh, we we're kryptonite anyway. So yesterday's show, I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yesterday's uh, message, I do a, a sermon yesterday uh, on Sundays rather, and um, it's kind of different. There's no commercials. It's it's just one hour. Um, it, it's just one of those things. Uh, one of my great listeners. Um, said, can't they get a warrant to go on the phone? They can technically, but uh, they've rarely ever been successful because they they have to, uh, the way they have to go about it is is different. The, the, it's after the fact. They committed the crime. The phone, they have to be able to articulate to the phone. Uh, if they don't get into that phone, there's going to be a lot more people that die, and they have to have evidence of that. So, anyway, but I but I hear you. I mean, part of me wants them to crack that phone open. I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd like them to crack that phone open and say, what's the deal here? What do we got in here? Who are they communicating with? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they crack open one, they're cracking them all open. Now, if we could ensure that they that like uh, Mr. McAfee, Bill McAfee, he's he has volunteered. He said, "Look, I, you don't have to you don't have to get anybody else involved. I'll crack the phone open for you, and uh, you can look at the information on there, and then I'll close it back up, free of charge." But uh, oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So yesterday we had all this technical problem, and uh, and I had to get the computer. I rushed off to the Apple Store today. They whipped me into shape, and uh, we're all good to go now. They really fixed me up, super super good. And but those of you who who hung in there and listened to the messages, the the comments on the message today that I've been receiving from people that have downloaded the message, it's free to do. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. 
um, none but a little bit of time. And uh, but the comments that I've been getting is they're they're unreal. I'm I'm really really touched by it. For whatever reason, people said that it really touched them. So I would encourage you go to uh, go to if you're at Block Talk Radio now, why not just click on. Uh, you know, it has episodes there. You click on that, and you'll be good to go. Hey, listen, Friday, you can listen to any of them, honestly. You can listen to them through my website, too. There are a couple couple episodes behind on that, but you know, normally we catch up and then, you know, do a few episodes. But anyway, that we have a special Friday episode that I'm super excited about. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a real excitable guy, but, boy, I'll tell you what, I'm super excited about Friday. On Friday... We have Mr. Bill Federer, written, what, 20 books, best-selling author. I mean, he is really phenomenal and an unbelievable speaker. Travels all over the country. He's busy all the time. His, the American Minute thing you can subscribe to, his magazine, his, it's an online magazine. It's un- unbelievable, unbelievable, this guy. And he's going to be on on Friday, and we're going to nail it down. I mean, it's what every American needs to know about the Quran, the history of the Islam in the United States. And, and my argument is this. My argument is sim- simply this: that uh, look, uh, you know, and this is this is not popular, and I'm okay with it not being popular. I really am. I, I am okay with it not being popular. I, I don't, you know, I don't care. I guess is what I guess you could say. I'm a caring person, but I just don't care about that. Uh, I'll just tell you, the problem isn't ISIS. I'm going to be crunching ice, too, by the way. Anybody of you that are driven crazy by that? i got crushed ice, watermelon juice. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. Look, ISIS isn't the problem. Islam is the problem. You say, oh, wow, boy, that's rude. That's not very nice. Yeah, It's not very pastorly. Look, I'm, I'm going to prove to you on Friday. I'm bringing one of the world's best experts. On Friday, and that um, that guy, I'm telling you right now, Bill Feder, he'll rock your world, y'all. He will rock your world. You better buckle up. 4 p.m. Friday, same place here. I'll send out all the links. Go to the ninjapastor.com. Go over to the blog. There's links and everything there. There's a short link already. There's information. There's links to Mr. Federer and what he does, and you'll be blown away for real. Friday at four. I know it's an odd time for me to do a show, but listen, I wanted to get Mr. Federer on our show as soon as I could. He's super busy, and I, I think it's time America understands about Islam. And, and and you say, well, what are you talking about? I know you're promoting Friday's show, but what are you talking about? How does this relate to what you're talking about now? But uh, look, folks, <laughs> Islam is – you know Keith Ellison, right? You guys know that name. You, you Google stuff. On on the uh, interweb, you Google that. the The guy since six thirty two A.D. Amen, my brother Jerry. Yeah, some people are questioning. Not very excitable. I guess I'm. Uh, I guess I am pretty excitable. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Who knows? Depends. Depends on the stimulus. Uh, so, so let me say this. And I've said this before, and people get freaked out over it, and I get all kinds of hate mail and whatever. What kind of pastor are you? Where'd you get your pastoring license? Where'd you go to seminary? 
like the dillweed that called in last week wouldn't know where I went. I went to Masters, mdivs.edu. That's where I went. Get over it, wussy face, crybaby. Isn't it funny how people get? It's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. This is how people get. People are real bold when they're at their keyboard. They call them keyboard commandos. It always cracks me up. Never ceases to amaze me how bold people are when they're sitting at their uh, when they're sitting at their computer. I, I mean, it never does. I'm, I am always blown away. I think to myself, man, if we were standing right here, uh, and I've had the, the the fun, I've had the absolute fun to um, I have resources based on my past. I have some resources, and and I've had uh, people make threats against me, and uh, I've had the the grand opportunity to show up in their face several states away by the next day and say, what was that you were saying? I, well, I didn't think so. You see, we've lost all, we've lost all connection to civility whatsoever. I mean, we say whatever we want at our keyboard, right? Or, or we got a microphone in our mouth and we're, rah, 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 rah. but what happened? Somebody gets in your face and challenges you on it. Oh, you're a hater. You're this, you're that. Whatever name they can. But you know who's the worst for it? It's it's conservatives. It's conservative kryptonite. Circular firing squad. We we stand in a circle and we shoot at each other and it's stupid. You ever hear a conversation between two like-minded people that sounds more like an argument than a conversation? You ever do that? I'm sure you have. Sounds It sounds like an argument. They're just conversating. Maybe a better question is, you ever hear conservatives arguing over the minutiae, splitting hairs in a snarky, we cannot possibly be on the same side sort of way? Sure you have, because it happens all the time. It happens all the time. You see conservatives yelling and sniping at each other, back and forth, right, 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 right. Well, maybe here's even the better, the best question. You ever hear liberals arguing over minutiae and splitting hairs and a snarky, we can't possibly be on the same side sort of way? Nope, not so much. No, the the left has the recipe for the kryptonite. And while we're busily rejecting the antidote, we're hurtling headlong. We got our head down, we're running full blast into the abyss on our way to the bottomless pit. And that's what awaits us. While we're arguing, unfriending, unfollowing, delisting, rejecting, we're on the same uniform. We're playing the same team. But we're trying to steal the ball from each other. We're coming at each other hardcore. And sadly, we just don't seem to care. We don't seem to care the country's falling apart. We don't seem to care that Every everywhere we look in this country, it's all falling apart. Nothing's good. Nothing's right. We're not going in a positive direction in a single thing that we're dealing with. Not one thing. On this show today, I'm going to help you understand and repair the problem. We're all part of the problem, and we're all part of the solution. Unless we don't stop being the problem. 
What are what's one of the things that that seems right now? I mean, we're all fighting over this, right? Uh, and by we are all, I mean other people, because I'm not wasting my time with it. And I and I made a uh, I had a, a fellow by the name of Justin. I can't remember his last name because he uh, Facebook shut him down for some reason. Uh, he's from Utah. Some kid named Justin. I don't know. I don't remember his last name. But he he says he was a a, a veteran. I'm a veteran, and uh, says he's a conservative. Of course, I'm a conservative. You can't look at me for five minutes and not know I'm not. That I'm that I'm conservative, and he and he, uh, but he wanted to get in a fight with me. He comes on my Facebook page, he gets a fight with me because I put a picture of me in a cowboy hat that I that I specifically got. Philly Bob in the house. We got all the corners covered. We got uh, Jerry from PA. We got Philly Bob. We got Maryland. We got Florida. We got uh, good lands. We got a whole lot of places here. Washington D.C. People clicked in. Got some overseas folks. So this, this guy Justin, you know, he, he he sees this picture, and I I buy this hat in uh, in honor of, in memory, in honor of Mr. Lavoy Finnicum. That's just, that's that's the reason I bought it. And so I put a picture of that, and I put sublimated over over, you know, the picture is sublimated to some letters. And look, I'm not a technical guy. I'm not a I don't do this for a living. This is what I you know I, I'm I don't I'm not even a radio guy, as you can probably tell. I'm not a professional author, even though I wrote a book, The Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. It's all over. You can find it anywhere. And I, I made a conscious decision. This Justin guy did a little check-in on him, you know, through my resources real quick. And I found out where he lived and where he works and, you know, a good bit of what he puts on his page is simply not true about who he is and what he does. And that's okay. You know, he's young. But for whatever reason, claiming to be, uh, he just came after me about this thing. Like, well, where'd you get your doctorate degree? You can't even make a, a meme. You can't even make, you can't even read the thing. What are you, dumb? I never met this guy. Never met this guy. And you have to wonder, what is wrong with a guy that would do that? He doesn't know me. Yet we're on the same team, circular firing squad. You know, there's bad apples in every bunch. I don't know if the guy's a bad apple. Seems like it. I try to be nice to the guy. Uh, my buddy Craig on uh, upstate New York, he he uh, is on, and he, yeah, Keyboard Warriors. He he watched the exchange, and then it disappeared. It disappeared from mine, too. I don't even know where it is. But he, uh, so you can see, I was being nice to the guy. I was trying to treat him with dignity and respect and, and show him, and I did. I didn't blow him up at the end. I could have blown him up. I could have gone on his page and exposed him for all the lies that he that he tells on his page, whatever. But I didn't. I made a, a conscious choice. I made a conscious choice. I said, look, I'm I'm going to be speaking the language of liberty, not the language of captivity. I, I'm not going to get involved in all that keyboard commando stuff. You know, I'm going to deal with you fairly and, and, and rightly, but I'm too busy doing what I've set out to do. And I don't know how much I can do. I don't know. You know, we've had as many as a million downloads. And as few as, I don't know, 114,000. Maybe we had less than that. I don't know. I have to go back and look. We're on a different system now, so I can't see that like I used to. But the point of the matter is, is, is that, look, I'm nobody. Who am I? You know? I'm no big deal. I don't have that big of a reach. 
But the bottom line is, this guy is getting on Facebook and coming after me hardcore. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I had a little extra money, I ought to show up where he lives in Utah, one of my favorite states, by the way, because he was really coming down hard on on the um, the occupiers there at Maller National Wildlife Refuge. And those of you who listen to this show know that I exposed that I had uh, had some really in-depth information, some some undeniable facts, highly documented, and and uh, so if you listen to those two shows where I talked about that, and you listen to Mr. Ed Snipes' interview, it's still up. You can still listen to it. It's our number one most downloaded show of all time, over a million listens now. Which is hard for me to believe. I'm nobody. I mean, come on. Just a dude. I'm a regular dude. But but, but what I'm saying to you, the point that I'm trying to make to you, is this guy doesn't know, even know who I am. And he's clearly unread. He's clearly ignorant of the facts. Ignorant, and in, in, uh, one of my good friends says ignorant has two applications. One is your behavior, and two is your lack of knowledge. Well, he had both. He was ignorant. He was ignorant all the way around. Here's the crazy thing, though. Here's the crazy thing. This guy is coming after me and coming after me coming after me. And I keep going back to the guy saying, hey, man, come on. You're obviously angry about something. What are you angry about? Don't need to be this way. We're on the same scene. Way we're both veterans. And he talked about the guys at the Maller and and Lavoy Fenicum. Hey, he deserved to die. He went about it the wrong way. Well, I could, I could, anybody could make that uh, argument. Anybody could say, hey, it didn't go, didn't go the way you intended. By the way, we're going to have the Fenicum family, the members of the Fenicum family, are going to be on the show. We're trying to work all that stuff out. As you might imagine, they are they are inundated. So we want to make the circumstances perfect for them. They've been through a lot. So this guy Justin from Utah, he doesn't know he doesn't know a thing. He doesn't he doesn't know any of the facts. But he's a conservative, he says, and so he is a patriot, he says. And so he he's just coming after me and coming after the the Finicums and coming after. Of course, you don't do that. You don't do that especially when you're ignorant in both definitions of the word. So this is what happens. You, you see it on Facebook, and I'm sure many of you you know, uh, have Facebook, and, and you see it on Facebook, and people get mad, and they go after each other. You're, 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 you're there, you're that. That's it. I unfriend you. You're a rhino. So the worst thing we can do is to get into that. Language of liberty versus the language of captivity. Are we mutually pledged one to another? At some point or another, we have to be mutually pledged. Let me tell you, that's harder to do than it sounds. It's harder to do than it sounds. So that's just a small example. I get it, it happens all the time. I get death threats. I get all all of those crazy things. I get, you know, emails, death threat emails. I get, oh, you know, come on. At some point or another, I just, I try to give you some education, try to help you. I'm not saying I know everything, but generally speaking, I don't open my mouth or type. Now, I have, I've forwarded things. There's a thing going on right now on the the web especially on Facebook, it's really circling. It, it purports itself to be ABC News, an ABC News site, and says that the president signed an executive order to nominate some Muslim dude. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't put it past him. Newsflash, I would not put it past him. Never in a million years would I put it past Hussein Obama. would not put it past him to do that. However, it's not real. The site is fake. You look all the way to the bottom, you see some crazy thing about a dolphin, and it's weird. And you ask yourself, man, do these people have anything better to do? They get paid. All those clicks they get, they make money. It's all about making money. Cyber terrorism, if you ask me. But he's not doing that. I bet he'll try, but he's not doing it right now. It's a fake site. So then people get mad at each other. I defriended a guy. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, his name is Stephen Englund. I'll say his name because he's a good guy. He can handle it. He's a smart, smart dude. But I just didn't like his snarky, sardonic is the way he described it. I just didn't like it. I couldn't take it. Couldn't continue to take it. It was always the backseat expert. Great writer, by the way. He's written um, Shadow Warrior, I think his name is. I mean, he's written a bunch of books. He's very, very good. Very, very smart guy. In fact, I think I helped him technically on one of his books. My point of all this, I just couldn't listen anymore. And I sent him a message and saying, look, I've got to defriend you. I've got to defriend you because I, I can't take, you're not helping anything. All you're doing is causing problems. We don't need more problems. We need more solutions. We need more warriors getting in there, getting after it, questioning my, you know, my bona fides and whatever. Whatever, dude. I'm an open book in that regard. I said, man, I hate to do this. I got I to gotta, I gotta hit the eject button on you. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't I can't keep doing this. I, I just can't keep doing it. It's 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 uh, unsustainable. It just makes me mad. Every time a conservative would post something that uh that was incorrect or, or from a, a fake site, guess what happens? Here comes Steven, slamming him in an ignorant way. I sent him message after message with another good friend of mine. Uh, my friend Dave sent a message after message, all private messages, saying, "Hey, buddy, come on, you got to you, you know, you're a smart guy, and you, you know, you're very resourceful. You know what? These are these are all citizen patriots, and and not everybody is is going to get it right every time. You know what? You don't get it right every time. So why are you slamming these people? How about sending them a private message and saying, you know, hey, I I, I almost fell for this too, but let's help each other out." You know, if you see anything that's that's uh, that's not necessarily 100% correct, how about we help each other? How about we get we come into uh, one accord? We become mutually pledged. Center for Self Governance, mutually pledged. By the way, I'll tell you what. There's a thing coming up. Uh, let me look. Let me pull up my calendar. Now that I have a computer that works, they cleared 200 gigs. <laughs> I know this is hard to believe. People people would be shocked at this. They cleared 200 gigs of memory for me today. You believe that? That's crazy, isn't it? That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Y'all, uh, March 17th, the Pastors and Leaders Conference, Dover Downs Hotel and Casino, um, March 17th, I think it's like 8 a.m. to... 1230 or something like that. It's power packed. And Tony Perkins is going to be there speaking. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm doing. I, I got a table. You know, they have tables and that's how it is. It's a private event. 
so I'm going to vet you. If I don't know you, I'm going to vet you and do some checking on you um, to make sure that you're a good person to have at this event. And uh, so this event, what it is, is is it is a uh, a really cool event. It's a pastors and leaders conference, so don't let that throw you. It's leaders, true, it's leaders as well as pastors. But if you're at all religious at all and you have, you have a person of faith, you don't have to look a certain way or sound a certain way, but you're a person of faith. Um, you can, not that it's any great honor, but you could sit at my table. I'm going to be selling books before and after the event, and I'll be signing them. And if you want to sit at my table, there there are, I think, seven or eight slots left at my table. If you want to sit at my table, you give a donation of $40 to me, and you get a book. I sign the book, and it's instantly worth half, although you paid nothing for it. Well, you could say you gave $40, but... You know, anyway, and if you say, oh, I already have your book, that's awesome. That's awesome. You give it away. Tell me who you want me to sign it for. I'll, I'll sign a book, uh, and I will I will be glad to do that. So that's what you get, and you get uh, a, um, they call it a continental breakfast, but it's really better than that. You know, it's, it's really kind of good. And all the coffee you can drink and... Um, you know, all that stuff. And I think it's not just coffee. There's tea. And I usually drink about five coffees and then I'll have a couple teas. And I'm, I am, I'm racing by the end, man. I'm all fired up. But it's great speakers, world-class speakers. Uh, so that's March 17th. So what you do, if you want to go to that and you want to be at my table, the Collision of Faith and Politics table, this is what you have to do. Contact me through the webpage, the Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor. dot com. Go to the contact me part. Go on that, uh, or email me at Sean, S H A W N at DrSeanGreener. dot com. D R S H A W N G R E E N E R. dot com. So, what you do is you you, you know first come first serve. If I don't know you then you know i'm going to do some vetting and find out who you are we may if we have if we have common friends or something like that but it's plan on spending a whole day it's it's a half a day event but you know you got to get there you got to it's it is awesome though it's a lot of fun it's you could be fired up. tony perkins i mean that guy is a highly sought speaker so anyway 40 dollars you contribute 40 dollars i think there's seven or eight seats left at my table um and of course i'll be there that's really great you don't have to watch me eat Watch me eat uh, croissant. By the way, you want to hear you want to hear the story on uh, the croissant, the true story on the croissant. Listen on Friday, Friday at 4 p.m. Same station here. Go to theninjapastor.com. There's a link and a blog post on it. I'm telling you, Bill Federer is going to blow your mind. Going to blow your mind. My son's off to make me tea. Yes. Yes, please, on the tea. He makes, I'm telling you, my son can cook. Tea and honey. I love that. Mm hmm. Love me some tea and honey. The conference is in Dover. Thank you, good listener from Pennsylvania. Um, the conference is at the Dover Downs at the Collins, I think it's Collins Center. Uh, Dover Downs in Dover, Delaware. So it's super easy to get to, super easy to get to. But you got to do it fast because it's coming up. March 17th, folks, that's right around the corner. And I think they have to have the 
the registration, all that. Because I have to submit the names. I mean, it's not – you just can't show up to this. It is a private event. So you would be getting into a private event, and you'll have fun. I mean, I've been to these for years. In fact, I protected um, David Barton one year, and what a cool guy. Super cool guy. If you like David Barton, you're absolutely going to love the Friday guest, by the way. Seriously, he's super, super guy. Bill Federer. Anybody that's listened to him is blown away by him. All right, so the things that people, conservatives, are in the circular firing squad uh, over shooting themselves, shooting each other. It's our kryptonite. And and one of the biggest things right now is the whole Cruz is ineligible. So Trump's going to do him a favor. He's going he's gonna to file a lawsuit. He's going to file a lawsuit. Hey, look, let's get this out of the way now so the Democrats can't do it because that's what they're going to do. They're going to do that. I don't know why we think the Democrats are going to do it because we didn't do it. We didn't have the cojones to do it when Barack Hussein Obama – The ultimate usurper and interloper, he, you know, we didn't do it. We didn't, we didn't have the personal intestinal fortitude to do it. But now all of a sudden conservatives are constitutionally minded. Well, I don't know, I don't know where all these, these constitutionally minded conservatives were. I don't know where they were when, when Barack Hussein Obama was running back in 2008. Where were you? Where did all this constitutional rigor come from? I'm going to talk more about that in a couple of minutes. But the biggest issue is, is I'm telling you, this is the big thing. And, and, and the people are the Trumpsters. It's not even the left. The, left, the left's not even bringing it up. It's, 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 it's the conservative. It's the Trumpsters. I don't care who you're voting for. You vote for Trump if you want to. Vote for Cruz if you want to. Any of the ones running right now. Uh, from the conservative side, a far sight better than Bernie Sanders, a socialist, 74 years old now. By the time he's president, he'll be 75. This guy lived. This guy lived off the goodwill of his parents until he was a, 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 a almost middle-aged man. The only check he's ever gotten is a government check. 25 years as a senator, not a single piece of legislation with his name on it. Makes a hundred and uh, makes almost two hundred thousand dollars now with seniority, a year. And he has sixty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. Are you kidding me? This guy wants to run the. This guy can't keep two little black ladies, Black Lives Matter people, off of his stage that he paid for. He's going to keep ISIS off of us. Are you kidding me? And you're busy arguing whether or not Cruz is eligible. Whether Trump really did technically declare bankruptcy, whether, well, he, he is a conservative. I know he did these other things allegedly, but well, he is a conservative. He's changed his mind. I'm telling you, Trump is a far sight better. Trump is a far sight better. Even with all his peccadilloes, he is a far sight better than anything on the left. But we don't see that. So the biggest thing, the issue is, of course, uh, it's interesting to me, and, and it's not just because of Cruz, but also because of Rubio's parents. You, do you know, I, I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if you guys know this. You probably do. I have the smartest audience in radio. You guys know this, right? Uh, Marco Rubio's parents, and I've met Marco. I was offered a job 
to work for Marco Rubio before he ran for president. Guy, guy drove hours, three times to hear me speak at a public speaking event. And then at the end of the, the last event, he said, look, I want to offer you a job. Mr. Rubio wants to offer, Senator Rubio wants to offer you a job with his office. I said, doing what? And he said, we'll find something. I was very flattered, very, very nice. Nice guy, super nice guy. I met him. Went to a party at the big um, thing down in Florida, Tampa. Very nice, very, very nice. Very approachable, very nice guy. But I didn't take the job. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do that. But Rubio is a crazy thing. People don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you. Marco Rubio's parents were illegal aliens at the time of his birth in the United States. You understand that, right? Yeah, you heard it here. Marco Rubio, both of Marco Rubio's parents were illegal aliens at the time of his birth in the United States of America. Technically, if the genuine intent of, of this clause they keep talking about is protecting from undue foreign influence the child of two illegal aliens, I, look, that's going to be questionable. Look, if we're being strict on this, if we're really being strict on this, then we got to call a spade a spade. By the way, it has nothing to do with black people. Um, well, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Well, I don't know. I don't say racist things. Uh, it has nothing to do with skin. And calling a spade a spade is calling a shovel a shovel. It's a shovel or it's a shovel. Get it? Look, I'm I'm more concerned with Rubio. If we're if we're being honest, if we're being strict here, sounds to me, you know, I don't understand. Has the has the Supreme Court ever ruled on this? Has this ever come up before? Yeah, I think it is. Chester Allen Arthur, Chester Allen Arthur, 1880, became president in 1881 after President Garfield died. His father was Irish, his mother was American. Reports at the time that he may have been born in Canada wasn't proven, but. Listen, if this happened now, it, he'd have been considered ineligible. Why? Because it goes off the father, not off the mother. Quite unfeminist. Well, what's fascinating to me, though, is that we would have a situation in which only Donald Trump, if you say, hey, the three legs of the stool are not met here, let me, let me just preface this, what I'm going to say. I have good friends. I have good friends. Andrea Shea King's been on the show. I love her. You know I do. Uh, Dave Perkins, a man I, I just super admire, super admire. He, he, he is a wonderful human being, one of the smartest people on the planet. He's made the decision that he, that he now, after reviewing it, he believes that, that, that Ted Cruz is, is not eligible, can be friends with them. I, I still would fight to the death to protect them. I know lots of Chris Ann Hall. You guys, Chris Ann's been on the show. She's a very popular lady, travels all over the country. She's an attorney, you know, uh, she's very well read. She's very passionate about what she believes. We don't, we don't agree on everything. There's some stuff we don't agree on. I can disagree with her and still be friends with her. I can still pick up muskets and, and, and fight the incursion so that we can have our freedom to disagree. But here's the truly fascinating thing. In this situation, if you're to believe all that other stuff, and I'm going to read you some stuff, and whatever, see if it helps you, I don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But how truly fascinating 
is it that we would have a situation in which only Donald Trump has no conflict in this respect? And you know, you know why this is funny. This is ironic, I guess you should say. This is, this is why it's ironic. Three of his children, three of Donald Trump's children, are born to a Czech citizen. From Czechoslovakia. She's a citizen of Czechoslovakia. And his present wife, Ivana, yeah, his first wife is Ivana Trump. She's Czechoslovakian. And his Melania, his first wife, is Yugoslavian. Marla Trump is the only American he's ever married. This guy, this guy has a thing. He has a real thing for foreign-born women. Now, granted, they're all models and you know all this stuff, but they're foreign. We got no no American. We can't find a single woman in New York that's an American. So he can bear children and all that. He went Melania or uh, or Marla, you know, super nice lady. Super, super nice lady. You know, they're divorced, but they're all imported, Jerry, from PA. They're all imported. So in the CIA, I'll just drop some knowledge on you uh, for whatever it's worth. In the CIA and the FBI, their number one source of recruits are Mormons. Number one source are Mormons. Why is that? Well, the reason they recruit, the CIA and, and, uh, and the FBI recruit mostly Mormons, they're very, very large recruiting, because they're, they're honest. They, they're truthful. They're trustworthy. They're very, very honest people. Thank you, buddy. Woo, that tea is hot. My boy done brought me some tea and honey. Thank you, son. He is not, by the way, Taco Tony. Everybody asked me that. It's not him. So, by the way, he'll be at the uh, March. I think he'll be at the March seventeenth. You know what? I shouldn't obligate him something. I don't even know if he's going to be around. The boy's busy. Get around. So, so the CIA and FBI they 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 recruit their agents, both uh, covert and otherwise. From Mormons, because the Mormons are trustworthy. But you know what? The number one thing to turn an asset, what it's called is turning an asset. When you turn somebody, your goal, you see somebody, you say, hey, i got to turn them to be an American spy. We need to get them on our side. We need to flip them. We need to convert that asset. So what do we use? We use sex. We use sex. We use fine women. We use, uh, you know, uh, power, the illusion of. We use exclusivity, and we can make the argument right here and right now, Donald Trump apparently has an issue because his first wife is a Czech citizen. Three of his children were born to a Czechoslovakian woman, and his current wife is Yugoslavian. I'm not saying they're not nice people. I don't know. I know of Marla. I've met her a couple times, but I don't know. What do I know? She wouldn't remember me. you kidding me? Largely unremarkable. So what I'm saying to you is, is, is if we're if we're playing this game, if we're gonna if we're gonna sit down here, we're gonna say, hey, you know what? We're gonna talk about important stuff here. So we're gonna talk about the Constitution because suddenly we are strict constitutionalists, even though we were silent in 2008. You say, no, I wasn't silent. Look, being on Facebook, making posts on Facebook, that doesn't make you a patriot. 
getting in the face of your legislators and saying, look, you better go after them on this. This guy's not eligible. There's too many unanswered questions. This guy, this guy, whether you want to call him a Kenyan or whatever you want to call him, this guy's background is bad. This is a bad dude. Even if we believe that who he says is his father is his father, that's a bad dude. Even if we believe the guy who's suspected of being his father but not proven is a bad dude, and even if the worst possible circumstances, the guy he actually looks like, Frank Marshall Davis, he is a bad dude. All this guy's friends, Hussein Obama, all of his friends are bad people. And what's he done? He's never signed the front of a check, ever. Not one time. Neither has Bernie Sanders. Very quiet. Everybody's very quiet back then. Why? I'll tell you why. I mean, the dude is black. Well, he's half black. He's white and he's black. You never saw a guy run from a color like you've seen Barack Hussein Obama Obama run from his whiteness. Oh, that tea is perfection. You ever have this Lady Grey tea? I know. I drink ladies. I don't think it's for ladies. I don't think it's... You've heard of Earl Grey. Well, this is called Lady Grey. I don't think it has anything to do with ladies. I just think it's... Maybe it does. I don't care. Anyway, I'm an old man. I drink me some Lady Grey tea. Mm-hmm. Get me some French fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that boy ain't right. Look, we we start going around and and talking about talking like we're constitutional experts, and we spout this expert and that expert. Look, I I went to three of the finest experts. I have access to some really amazing people, and I said, look, I you know I, I'm nobody. I don't have I don't have a big audience or anything like that. But you know I am on the radio, and I do go places and speak, and I want to make sure I'm saying that something I can get behind. So tell me, do you think he's uh, Ted Cruz is not eligible? And they and all, and they've all said to me, I've had some. I, I went to five originally, and two told me eh, it's on the fence. I mean, it depends on how you interpret it, but we don't really know for sure. We can say we know, but we don't know. Anybody that goes after it like that, they don't really know. Fact of the matter is, you know. Well, here's what it says. Here's, status as a natural born citizen of the United States is one of the eligibility requirements established in the United States Constitution for election of the office of president or vice president. This requirement was intended to protect the nation from foreign influence. The U.S. Constitution uses but does not define the phrase natural-born citizen and various opinions. Anyway, let me go back to Donald Trump real quick. You, you got a guy who his first wife is Yugoslavian. By the way, do you know this? Do you know this? Several of his kids have dual citizenship. Did you, did you know that? Do you guys know that? Several of his children, several of Donald Trump's children, have dual citizenship. Just like Ted Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? Don't you find that something, folks? Don't you find that quite something? The guy's throwing rocks at Ted Cruz because, you know, well, it could be a constitutional issue. Gosh, we don't want to have a problem. And people on the people on the right are saying, "Well, we got to do this because the Democrats they're going to do it, and you, know, you don't want the guy to get elected." And then pff, look what happens. Really? Well, we must think a lot higher of the left than we do the right because the right could. We were feckless. 
we were standing there trying not to be racist, worried about looking like a racist. I know many people who voted for Barack Obama because he is a black guy. He's half black, he's half white, but they voted for the black side because they want to be part of history. And I know people, highly educated professionals, who are going to vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. Yep, I want to vote for the first woman president. Really. Wow, he is good. Anyway, my point in all this is there are a lot of facts here. And you guys know, anybody that listens to my show, you guys know, I, early on, I opted for Ted Cruz. I said, you know what? There, there are some issues there with, you know, are we going to clarify natural born and all these other things? And I'll, I'll read to you what, you know, what I studied on it and what I think is, is strong and give you some resources. But the fact of the matter is I knew that and I said, you know what? I've, I've, gone, I've talked to people who have known – he was born in 1970. I've, I have talked to people who knew him from 1975 on, and I mean closely, very closely. They know him. Oh, let me, oh, okay. Let me just do this. Let's dispel something right now. Ted Cruz's wife is vice president of asset uh, man, asset management or whatever for high net worth uh, individuals. I worked for a bank one time. I won't tell you what the bank is. I'm not going to give them free advertising. I worked for a bank one time. You know what I was? I was vice president in charge of asset, uh, high net worth assets. High net worth clients. I was a registered investment advisor. We gather all the money and we we invest it for them. We we structure it. We do all the trusts and estate work and blah blah blah. I have people texting me telling me it is Lady T. Well, if it's Lady T, I'm gonna drink Lady T. That's all there is to it. See if I can make it up in other ways. I'll grow my hair long. That doesn't make me more mannish. Never mind. I got to come up with a different plan. So, so her uh, uh, Ted Cruz's wife is, you know, she's look, she's and 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 I've got you know my educational background is kind of weird. My secular education is is you know I have a master's and some other things and and ultimately so that's you know that was a natural place for me to land. Well, I'm a vice president of. I think it's vice president of wealth management or something like that. I think I can't remember what it was. It was a long time ago. But the point is, is we had the same role. She and I did the same thing. She's at Goldman Sachs. She's very high net worth uh, individuals, and I did it. So are you going to say that uh, I'm in the tank for the banks because because I worked at one time? Let's say I run for president. I'm all the way through. I'm in the. I'm in the. Uh, I mean, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm I'm all the way to the primaries. I make it all the way. And then all of a sudden, people say to me, "You know what? You're in the you're in the you're in the tank. You you are in the tank for the banks. You are a bad guy." We can't have you. Man, you're in the tank for the banks. And you know what? It is what it is. Hey, I did work there. That's really that's really what I did. Man, yeah, I did, really did work there. 
I'm I'm in the tank for the big banks. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how stupid this is. That's how dumb it is. She's got an honorable job. By all accounts, she's done honorable things, unlike their current president and his wife. Both both had to surrender. And we'll talk about this on Friday, by the way. I'm not going to give it to you now why, why they surrendered their law licenses, but there's a lot more to it than what's going around. But the fact of the matter is we got two lawyers who can't practice law. The first lady. And I mean, they've been without their law licenses a long time. Well, let me go on to read some of this. The U.S. Constitution uses but does not define the phrase natural-born citizen, and various opinions have been offered over time regarding its precise meaning. Now, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, Cruz's wife was a math whiz. Thank you, Jerry, from Pennsylvania. Cruz's wife was a math whiz in college. I mean, she was a superstar. Super, super smart lady. Ted Cruz, super smart guy. Had the entire Constitution and Declaration of Independence and most of the Federalist Papers memorized by the age of 12. Oh, yeah, we got to protect us from this foreign interloper. That's why we got this rule from your Ted Cruz's that are just waiting to come in from Canada, them Canadians. They're going to come in here and take us over. You know they've been wanting to. You know that's what that's what the claim is. By the way, that's that's the thing here. We don't want interlopers coming in. We don't want usurpers coming in. Their allegiance to another country. Well, what are we saying? Ted Cruz's allegiance is to is to Canada for Pete's sake. What are you kidding me? And his wife is she's a big part of the whole. You know, hey, she might be able to crack an iPhone. Jerry from Pennsylvania. Good point. By the way, chat is open. I forgot to mention that we got a couple people in there, but chat is fun. I always feel bad because I I can't always pay that close of attention to it, but um, it, it is fun. It's it's an awesome place, awesome awesome place. Anyway, back to this: the consensus of early 21st century constitutional scholars, not our president or the first lady, together with relevant case law that is is that natural born citizens include, subject to exceptions, those born in the United States. Many scholars have also concluded that those who meet the legal requirements for the United States citizenship at the moment of birth, regardless of place of birth, are also natural-born citizens. But the matter remains unsettled. Every president to date was either a citizen at the adoption of the Constitution in 1789 or born in the United States. Of those in the latter group, every president except for two had two uh, U.S. citizen parents. With the exception of two, since 1789, they were either a citizen at the adoption of the Constitution in 1789 or born in the United States. And of those that were born in the United States, every president except two had two U.S. citizen parents. They were Both parents were U.S. citizens. The natural-born citizen clause has been mentioned in passing in several decisions of the Supreme, United States Supreme Court, the SCOTUS. Supreme Court of the United States, and by some lower courts that have addressed eligibility challenges. But the Supreme Court has never directly addressed the question of a specific presidential or vice presidential candidate's eligibility as a natural 
born citizen. They've never done it. Remember I said just a few minutes ago. Why haven't they? Many eligibility lawsuits from the 2008 and 2012 election cycles were dismissed in lower courts due to the challenger's difficulty in showing if they had standing to raise legal objections. But here's a big thing. Additionally, some experts have suggested that the precise meaning of the Natural Born Citizen Clause may never be decided by the courts because, in the end, presidential eligibility may be determined to be a non-justiciable political question that can be decided only by Congress rather than by the judicial branch of government. Now, Chrisanne Hall, like I've said, awesome lady, uh, you know, nobody can doubt her her faith. Nobody can doubt her acumen, her legal acumen, all of these things, her knowledge of the founders, all these things. Great lady, really great lady, and we're friends. But we don't agree on everything. But this is from her, the link on her website. The U.S. Constitution provides as follows, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. No person except a natural-born citizen or citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president, neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years old, in other words, you've got to be 35 at the time you run, and have been 14 years a resident within the United States. Here's, here's uh, Amendment 14, Section 1. Persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. The main authority for the original meaning, by the way, this is pretty important, um, of of the the original meaning of natural born is William Blackstone. And um, in his commentaries of the law, commentaries on the law of England, volume two, and that was edited by uh, George Tucker, a founder, um, published in 1803, especially chapter 10. This is this is important. This is important. As to the qualification of members to sit on this board, any natural-born subject of England is capable of being a member of the Privy Council, taking the proper oaths for security of the government and the test for security of the church. But in order to prevent any persons under foreign attachments from insinuating themselves into this important trust, as happened in the reign of King William, in many instances, it is enacted by the Act of Settlement that no person born out of the dominions of the Crown of England, unless born of English parents, even though naturalized by Parliament, shall be capable of being of the Privy Council. Now, my good friend and number one top researcher says, it is important to consider the reason for this clause. Look, little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. So we have to know what is meant here. Why? Why was this happening? What was happening? Article 2, subsection 1, clause 5, U.S. Constitution requires the president to be a national-born citizen. We've said it a thousand times. The meaning of this term is not set forth in the Constitution or the Federalist Papers, and, and there is no discussion in Madison's Journal of the Federal Convention or in Alexander Hamilton's notes the same. This is Chris Ann Hall, by the way. So what does this tell us? That they all knew what it meant. Look, we don't go around defining pizza because every American over the age of four knows what pizza is. My personal preference is, is grottos. They didn't pay me for that, but I like it. I like it. It's good stuff. I, man, I'm telling you, now I'm hungry. Dang on it. 
Usually Bob, Philly Bob, has sent me a uh, picture by now of the incredible food that he cooks, and then I'm sitting here stewing and how hungry I am. So we don't go around defining pizza because every American over four knows what a pizza is. Our framers, they look, they had no need to define natural-born citizen in the Constitution because by the time the Federal Convention of 1787, a formal definition of the term consistent with a new Republican principle, with the new Republican principles that already existed in, in Emir Vattel's classic Law of Nations, as we know that our framers carefully studied and relied upon Vattel's work, or Vattel, people say. I'll prove it. This is her. This is Chris going on to say, Vettel, on natural-born citizens, inhabitants, and naturalized citizens. From our beginning, we were subjects of the British crown. With the War of Independence, we became citizens. And there's a footnote there. It's important to cover. If I get time, I'm going to cover that. We need new concepts to fit our new status as citizens. Vettel provided these new Republican concepts of citizenship. The gist of what Vettel says in the Law of Nations, Book 1, Chapter, I think it's Chapter 19, subsection 212 through 217, is this, and subsection 212, natural-born citizens are those born in the country of parents who are citizens. It is necessary that they be born of a father who is a citizen. If a person is born there out of uh, born there of a foreigner, it will only be the place of his birth and not his country. Let me read that again. If a person is born there of a foreigner, it will only be the place of his birth and not his country. Inhabitants as distinguished from citizens, this is 213, subsection 213. Uh, inhabitants as distinguished from citizens are foreigners who are permitted to stay in the country. They are subject to the laws of the country while they reside in it, but they do not participate in all the rights of citizens. In other words, why are we giving these uh, people that come here all of our money? These refugees, these, these air quotes refugees, these, these invaders. Why are we giving them our money? Why are we giving them our benefits? doesn't make any sense, folks. But Rubio, if you're thinking about it, he was born here not of citizens. So he's allowed to stay here. This is the place of his birth, but it's not his country. He's a foreigner. Place of his birth, but it's not his country because both of his parents, when he came here, are you hearing me, folks? I'm not an anti-Rubio guy. I mean, I don't like his he, – he's a great talker, but, you know, he's just not my guy. But but he'd be a far sight better even than, than anything the left is throwing up there. I'm I'm making a point here. Did you know that it was like that? Inhabitants, as distinguished from citizens, are foreigners who are permitted to stay in the country. They're subject to the laws of the country while they reside in it, but they do not participate in all the rights of citizens. They enjoy only the advantages which the law or custom give them. Their children follow the condition of their fathers. They, fathers. they too, are inhabitants. Now, here's 2.14. A country may grant to a foreigner the quality of citizen. This, my friends, is naturalization. This is naturalization. In some countries, the sovereign cannot grant to a foreigner all the rights of citizens, such as that of such 
as that of holding public office. This is a regulation of the fundamental law. And in England, merely being born in the country naturalizes the children of the foreigner. That's the way it is there. If you're born there, you're, you're naturalized. You are, not your family. You are. 215, 216, and 217, this is the, the anchor baby clause. And, and, and I want you to hear this. Children born of citizens in a foreign country at sea or while overseas in the service of their country, in other words, the military, are citizens. By the law of nature alone, children follow the condition of their fathers. Let me say that again. By the law of nature alone, children follow the condition of their fathers. The place of birth produces no change in this particular. Now, this is key. The father, of course, should equal mother. Do you get what I'm saying here? Because Barack Obama, there's a question as to who even the father really is. We know who Ted Cruz's father is. We know that Ted Cruz's mother was born in Wilmington, Delaware. People say, well, they both they both had voting rights in Canada. That got proves. That proves. And this is conservatives, folks. That proves they're, I'll tell you that, that proves that they're, no, they're a Canadian. Like those geese that are just running around pooping all over our golf courses. That proves it right there. End of argument. Go sit down, conservative. You know, this is this is what we do. We go back and forth and back and forth. For the love of Pete, what in the world are we doing shooting each other from the middle? Look, we're not going to agree on this. This isn't going to be settled in a discussion between Sean. Just because I have a doctor degree, big deal. That doesn't make me an expert on this. But I'm satisfied with, with where I am. I can Look, I can cast my vote for Ted Cruz. No problem. No problem. I, I don't have any struggle with it. I, I really don't. Ethically, no struggle at all. Do you know that uh, in, in the United States, the, this is from the Pew Hispanic Center, studies anything Hispanic, estimates that approximately 7.5% of all births in the United States, that's about 300,000 births per year, are to unauthorized or illegal immigrants. So we're gaining 300,000 citizens per year automatically. And then we're not going to kick them out because, gosh, that would be on, you know, and look, Barack Obama says this all the time, and politicians say this all the time. I'm so tired of hearing, that's just not who we are. We don't, we, don't just, we don't just round people up and kick them out. Really? What, are you an idiot to say that? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me that we, well, that's not who we are. I'd like to know who you are, Barack Obama. I'd like to know who you are, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders. I'd like to know who you are. Because you know what? I don't trust who you are. I don't trust you even a little bit because you're a liar. Hillary Clinton can't even tell the truth about telling the truth. She tells a lie about lying. The Pew Hispanic Center also estimates that there are 4.5 million folks, million children who were born to unauthorized, in other words, illegal immigrants, that received citizenship via birth in the United States, while the Migration Policy Institute estimates that there are 4.1 million children. 
Both estimates include anyone 18 or older who might have benefited. So the Circuit County uh, Circuit Court of Cook County in Chicago, isn't that funny? Chicago hears questions regarding a lawsuit of Senator Cruz's legal qualification to determine if his bid for the nomination can, can continue. Illinois attorney Lawrence Joyce, by the way, sued after his previous attempt to dispute Cruz's placement on the ballot to win the state's Board of Elections was dismissed on uh, February 1st. Once you look into who friends, um, who Lawrence Joyce, Larry Joyce, is friends with from Chicago. Yeah, and you'll you'll learn that he supports, allegedly, he supports Ben Carson, in, Dr. Ben Carson in the race for president. And he maintains, I have no connections with Donald Trump. The child of a U.S. citizen born abroad is a U.S. citizen, Cruz asserted in response to questions. Born in Canada to a non-citizen father and a U.S. citizen mother, Cruz emphasized the issue of such eligibility dates back to the founding of the country. Indeed, the very first Congress wrote the very first laws on citizenship, he said, and they explicitly defined the child of a U.S. citizen born abroad as a U.S. citizen. Now, he is talking about citizen naturalized versus natural born. Now, bear this in mind. Bear this in mind. The, the left is not going to bring this issue up, and I'll tell you why. All this talk about, ooh, you know, whoa, we got to hurry up and solve this before the left comes, takes us to court. And, boy, if Ted Cruz gets elected as president, and then we have a national crisis on our hands because now we went to court and we determined, oh, you know what, not eligible. I'm going to tell you exactly why. I'm going to tell you exactly why that's not going to happen. It's the same reason why Barack Obama is never going to be injured while president of the United States. I'm telling you right now. Because nobody wants to see Joe Biden become president. Nobody does. It's the same it's the same thought process here because you know what? Nobody is gonna to want to do that on the left because that opens up the challenge of Barack Hussein Obama and by the way, everything that he did as president. Everything. Not just Obamacare. Not just all of what he's done on the Second Amendment. Not just what he's done on illegal immigration. Not just what he's done in, in robbing everyone of so much money. Not just of wrecking, the, of, of, of wrecking a company in GM and stealing the shares and giving them to the, to the unions that supported him. No. Everything. Every single thing. Every bad thing and any good things that he might have accidentally done. Everything, everything this man has done, that goes to court over Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. Guess what happens? Guess what happens? Here's what happens. Then that applies to Barack Hussein Obama. I'm telling you, the left is not going to bring this up. It is a red herring. It is a red herring. They're not going to do it. According to the Washington Times, Joyce's concerns with Cruz hinge on the potential that he could garner the nomination only to be challenged in court by the Democrat Party when it would be too late. At that point, all of his fundraising would dry up and his support in the polls would drop dramatically, Joyce said. He may be forced at that point to resign the nomination. 
At the heart of the issue is the term natural born, the technicalities of which academics, politicians, and scholars of the Constitution have not agreed upon. Vox, which has published a detailed account of the minutiae on this debate, explained one potential avenue for resolution. Congress could at least stick some kind of bandage on the question by passing a sense of the Congress resolution. That's what it did in 2008 to affirm the eligibility of John McCain, who landed in the natural-born gray zone for different reasons than Cruz. But the Senate has made it clear that it intends to do no such a thing, no such thing for Ted Cruz. This is probably, um, it probably is less because they don't think Cruz is natural-born than because Senate Republicans really, they don't like Ted Cruz. But it is a problem for him because they don't like him. Now, let's analyze why Senate Republicans don't like Ted Cruz. You say you want a conservative. You say you want a guy who's going to far it up. You say you want that. Man, we want that. We're tired of people that don't take a stand. We're tired of people saying one thing and then they get in office they do another. We're tired of that. We're not standing for that anymore. Are you kidding me? They don't like Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz has gone in and he has uncovered the way things work. He's he's called it what it is. He's not well liked because he's on our side. Now, let me let me say this. I'm not going to say who this person is. Uh, she's a well-known writer, uh, well-known conservative. I'm not going to give her name because she is a, a pretty nice person. Uh, I've talked to her and exchanged you know comments back and forth. But she, she did a – I don't know how many words this is, but, boy, she did a document that is just filled with you know pictures and memes and uh, copies of all kinds of stuff. Rafael Eduardo Cruz. By the way, that's Ted Cruz's name. Rafael Eduardo Cruz goes by Ted. And she says, first thing, this is a woman, make it viral, share, share, share. She says, constitutional eligibility for POTUS, President of the United States, is a matter of national security. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know this was a thing of national security. My goodness. My goodness. I had no idea that this was a na- – my goodness. Good thing you told me right in the first line. This is an issue of national security. Could land. So thank goodness she told me because I would have never known. My goodness, what in the world would we have done? Whew, we'd have been in a mess, wouldn't we? The whole lot of mess talked about in this article – uh, or blog post about Rafael Cruz. In this is his own words. I worked in Canada for eight years. Rafael Cruz said, and while I was in Canada, I became a Canadian citizen in 1968. Now, here's the crazy thing. You know, they became Canadian citizens uh, in you know in that time frame because they lived there. Lived there for eight, if I lived somewhere for eight years, if it's somewhere that I want to have a say, I'm going to become a citizen. If it's someplace I want to become a citizen, that, that happens all the time. Dual citizenship is not a crazy thing. There's so many, so many issues here with this. There's so many, so much. Uh, Rafael Cruz in 1967 meets his second wife, Eleanor Elizabeth Darag Wilson, a computer programmer from Delaware. 
Cruz and Wilson live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where their only child, Raphael Edward Ted Cruz, was born 1970. Foreigners were forced to choose citizenship of, at the time of birth by law. The Cruises didn't have to make that choice because they were both British citizens. Raphael Cruz, who was a Canadian citizen, later ultimately became a naturalized United States citizen in 2005. That's simply not true. So there's all kinds of pictures here on this, and maybe I'll put it on uh, um, on the thing. But but she went to great detail. I mean, all the certificate of birth. My goodness, we have a good copy of the certificate of birth for Raphael Cruz. We have the original uh, certification of birth in French and English for Raphael Edward Cruz. We have that. We have all the registered. Man, they went back and they got the polling data, how they were registered, how the parents were registered. Um, they were able to vote there, and then we found them in the phone book, right? And then we found them in the polling thing, how they're a list of electors, and uh, then we see her state, uh, Eleanor Dog, uh, his mother, we see her state of birth is Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, then we have a consular, a United States Department of State, consular report of birth abroad. We have that, where they came back in. Uh, with Ted Cruz. My goodness, she has done so much work. And then she has pictures of Goldman Sachs with a hand, <coughs> excuse me, and a puppet. She's got a little puppet, puppet strings. Puppet strings here in the picture. Uh, and then it has Goldman Sachs and, and a hand that's moving the puppet. Of course, that's telling us that Goldman Sachs, because his wife works at Goldman Sachs, that clearly he's in the he's in no he's obviously in the tank, and then there's a little card go directly to Canada next time get a declaratory judgment from a federal court uh, from deporttedcruz.com. Then there's some pictures of Ted Cruz working and doing things. Says and the, and the, and it says Ted Cruz on the Texas border helping illegals move into a house. Here's what it is. Here's what this this cracks me up. It always cracks me up. Helping illegals move into a house. You know what it is? It's Ted Cruz helping when there was a disaster. There is truck after truck after truck there. And he has gone there. Instead of talking about helping, he's gone there. He's unloading. He's moving stuff. He's helping. Yeah, he's in his cowboy boots. He's in his dress pants and his, and his shirt. And he's got his sleeves rolled up. And he's working. And because the guy who has an ID on him who is kind of running this operation, well, he looks a little Hispanic. So clearly, clearly, he's helping illegals move into a house. Because he's, he, you know, he says that he's strong on immigration. Pfft, no, no, he was actually helping illegals move into a house. They just bring trucks after truck after truck after truck after truck. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff, these illegals. I'll tell you what. And then there's a picture, of course, this was shown to me by my nephew. I love the kid, good guy, good young man, great father, great husband, good, good guy, great worker. But he, he saw this picture and he says, hey, um, did you see this picture? Boy, this is the damning thing, isn't it? This is a picture of Henry Kissinger talking to Ted Cruz. <gasps> New World Order, Henry Kissinger, awful human being.
And then there's a fake tweet saying that he supports, Ted Cruz supports amnesty. It's photoshopped. And he says, but there's part of it here, I stand with my good friend Marco Rubio, at Marco Rubio, we need a path to legalization for the millions of undocumented Americans. Well, that's how it started, but that's not how it ended. And he withdrew his support once the, the key issues weren't covered. There's all kinds of other stuff. I mean, this person did a lot of work. Got a list of contributors, took pictures there, all of these different things. Oh my goodness, boy, I'm I'm really, I'm really stunned. Boy, I don't know if I can support him now. I'm reading this. <gasps> Ooh. And all these these wildly minimalist. This is this would be like my blog if I write a blog. There's all these uh, links to blogs and YouTubes and all this stuff talking about Ted Cruz and. Uh, committee woman says Cruz, Rubio, both ineligible for presidency. And then uh, another one says legal challenges now underway in five states, challenging Canadian Cruz's eligibility. And then, you know, a bunch of other. And, and but here's the thing. So if I write something in my blog, I should be taken totally seriously. It's basically law. Sean Greener writes something in his blog. It's basically law. If, if we're going to go by this, this is basically law. Wow, well, they said it. My goodness. So we're looking at this. We're looking at this. And this is a lot of work that's been done. I mean, a lot of work. Man, this is a lot of work. Holy moly. But you know what? It was worth it. You want to know why it was worth it, folks? Because by gum, you know what? It's a matter. It says it right here in the first line after make it viral. Share, share, share. Constitutional eligibility for POTUS is a matter of national security. Well, my goodness. But you know what I did? I looked to see if I could find that same article for Barack Hussein Obama. Guess what I couldn't do? Couldn't find it. Same person did not write an article about Barack Hussein Obama. Didn't have pictures. Didn't have all that stuff. Didn't do it. Why? Because he's black. And by the way, if you're thinking, oh, you're a racist, I don't like his white side either. I don't care for either side. He's Either side, he's an interloper, a liar. And you want to talk about national security uh, uh, being a risk. It's a matter of national security. Holy crap, this guy has has decimated our military. He has totally and completely torn down our national defense. He's made the military a social experiment. He's trying desperately to strip us of our our gun rights. That's a matter of national defense. But you know what? I don't see this. I searched this person. Everything that person has written back before, a year before Barack Obama ran for president. And guess what? I didn't see a single thing. Not a single thing. But this person is a, a staunch conservative. Very well known. If I told you her name, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I knew who that is. Here's the problem. Here's the really big problem. Where were you? This same person wrote, and and many other uh, conservatives have written, Cruz is an agent for a foreign power and a foreign invader. Canada? Seriously? 
They've called him Obama in conservative clothes. No, Cruz is totally and completely transparent. He's turned everything over. His college records, his high school records, his grade school, everything he's ever written. Here, here you go. You can look it up. It's free on the Internet. You want to see a copy of my, my birth certificate? Here it is. You want to see my college records? Here you go. Do we all want what? – what is it we all want? And did the writers of the Constitution want those three legs fulfilled? Yes, absolutely sure. The three legs of natural born but – but is it clearly required for all three? No, it's not. And as I started to say before, where does all this constitutionalist rigor come from in this election? Look, this is the most important election we will ever vote in in our lives. Why? Because if conservatives lose this election, it will be our last. And yet, all we hear are complaint after complaint, and they're all coming from from people who support Trump. Now, look, I have said before, if Trump gets – look, I know Trump's number one security guy. I know that, I know that I've been with him for between 15 and 17 years. I know him very, very well. Very good point. Red Fox Radio has joined us in chat. And uh, Trump is the definitive riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Absolutely. Thank you. We're honored to have you join us today. Conservatives who were markedly sheepish and silent when a usurper by the name of Barack Hussein Obama. We've got him on tape saying, if the winds turn against the Muslim, I will stand with my Muslim brothers every time. That alone should have been enough to turn us away. Oh, no, that was, uh, by the way, Craig from New York. That was Craig. I, I attributed that incorrectly. I apologize. Trump is the definitive riddle wrapped in a mystery inside Enigma. Very, 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 very well said. Thank you for the correction. So we've got all these things. We have them on tape. We don't have to, we don't have to guess. We don't have to guess about Barack Obama. I listened to his audiobooks before he ran. I listened, as soon as those books came out, I said, well, this is trouble. This is trouble. We better smarten up. This is trouble. This guy's trouble. We better come on now. We better, we better tighten up. We better turn our wires tight. You know, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what else. Jerry, Jerry from Pennsylvania said something very, very powerful here. We know that Trump has been planning this campaign and staffed it for at least three years. All the control of the media, it's all been planned. Listen, all of this stuff with uh, Megyn Kelly, you see this kind of back and forth, and, oh, he's going to ruin her career, and, 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 and the people at Facebook go, oh, you know, uh, all the people on Facebook, well, let's boycott Fox News. Let's boycott Megyn Kelly. This is the best thing in the world for Megyn Kelly. Right in the number one. The number one shows for Megyn Kelly are what? Yep, that's right. The number one shows for Megyn Kelly are when Donald Trump is on the air. I'm not a Trump supporter. I, I, uh, I will absolutely do everything I can to get him elected if he is our nominee. But here's the bottom line. 
Here is the bottom line. All of this has been in place. He is a wizard. Donald Trump is a wizard of the press. And you know what? That's where it's won. It's won in the press. It's won in the press. And he is a master of the press. You know why? Because he doesn't have to run by the... uh, um, He does not have to run by the convention of of the standards that, that were previously set. So people get all upset. Why can this happen? I don't understand. What is, this is terrible. This is an evil, terrible man. Well, I don't like how he is either. I, I can't stand it. Honestly, I, I can't stand it. The guy's crude. I, I don't like it. He's He's been anti-gun control for... Uh, he's been, been pro-gun control for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, he's... For, for the... For the um, he's for the for the uh, what do you call it for for you know Second Amendment. Well, he was never for the Second Amendment before. Welcome, Steve from Ohio. By the way, good to have you. It's a lively chat today. You're missing out if you don't go on the chat. By the way, everybody, remember before I forget to mention it again. Friday, we're having a special show on Friday. Special show. Philly Bob sent me a picture of the Columbia University in the city of New York, foreign student, student ID of Barack Obama. I bet Ted doesn't have one of these. You're right. We have all of Ted's records. Very transparent. Look, comparing Ted Cruz and Hussein Obama is comparing apples and aardvarks. Apples and aardvarks, folks. And and Jerry from Pennsylvania really, really puts this well. The turnouts, and these these are on record, tell the story. Republican turnout was up in South Carolina by 33%. Democrat was down by more than 20%. Now, we can say, because that is an open primary, maybe that percentage was Democrats voting, voting for Donald Trump, because you can be a Democrat and vote in the Republican. I, I'm I'm totally against uh, open primaries. By the way, totally against it. I think it's the most ridiculous thing that that conservatives ever signed off on. It's absolutely ridiculous that we ever did that. It's it's ridiculous. But let me say this, and I, and I want to be I want to be fair on this. I would really want to be fair on this. I don't want to be unfair. Barack Hussein Obama kicked open the doors of the White House, put his feet up on on the desk resolute, and he gave the middle finger to all of America. He gave the middle finger to Christians in America. He gave the middle finger to soldiers in America. And he said, I'll do whatever I want. You're not going to stop me now. On Friday, we're going to we're going to blow. I'm telling you, Friday's a show you don't want to miss. Now, if you can't listen live, just like always, within a few minutes after the show, those engineer wizards at Blog Talk Radio, they they somehow or another do what they do, and they convert it, and they compress it, and they make it available for everybody. And it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. If you can't listen live, I'm telling you, tell your friends. It is a powerful. It's We're going to expose some stuff that you're not going to believe. Very rare you're ever going to see anybody as big, uh, big time as as Bill Federer, William Federer, ever let loose. 
like this. I mean, it's going to be off. It's going to be unreal. I'm real excited about it. But look, this is the reason why Republicans have to come together. And the establishment, they don't want Ted Cruz. Why don't they want him? Because he blows the lid. He blows the lid off of their game. Folks, you understand this. People, people make a big deal. They make a big deal out of this. They really do. Make a big deal out of it. And they say, oh, he's not well-liked. He's not even well-liked among his peers. You know what? That's what we want. You say, well, how can he work with him? But they don't like him, and we don't want him to like him. We don't want them to like him. We don't want them to like how he does. There's no reason for it. We got we got people getting locked up for claiming their own land, stolen by the federal government. No problem here. There's no worry here. We've got hundreds of thousands of people slated at $5,000 a pop. You want to go back and listen to refugee resettlement? By the way, tomorrow at 3, I forgot about this. Tomorrow at 3, I think at 3, yeah, at 3, I'm going to be on Southern Sense Radio as a guest. So I don't who knows what we're going to get into. I don't know. So, you know, you never know, but you could give a listen then. It's uh, Southern Sense Radio. And Ubellis. I've listened to their shows. Really good. Really, really sharp. So $5,000 a pop, these refugees, that's profitable business. So I, I did that show with Jim Simpson. Really amazing guy. He's an expert. He's an internationally known expert on this. And he laid it out for you. It's money. These fake religious organizations, they're not real religious organizations. They are, um, they're, they're making big money off this. It isn't about bringing them to Christ. It isn't about uh, influencing them for the gospel. It's not about that at all. It's about money. This Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew group, it's not even a Jewish group. They just, they did that to, to create a conundrum. That's the reality. So tomorrow I'm going to be on Southern Sense, uh, Annie Ubellis of Southern Sense Radio. I'm going to be on at 3. So it's going to be on Blog Talk Radio. If you look up Southern Sense Radio, we'll be right there. I have no idea what we're going to get into, but it's going to be fun. She's a class act, let me tell you. And then on Friday, special show with, with Bill Federer. And I'm telling you, that is one you do not want to miss. And if you if you can't listen to it live, I encourage you, I really strenuously encourage you, please download that and share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. But here's the thing, folks. I, I've got to ask you, how in the world can we allow somebody to compare uh, and, and call this, we're going to call this, call Ted Cruz an agent for a foreign power and foreign invader? You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, do we really have to fear? Do we really have to fear? Oh, thank you. Red Fox Radio just posted, uh, Hersto, uh Southern Sense starts at 2 p.m. tomorrow, but I'm coming on at 3, and there's a link right there. So thank you so much. I ought to copy that. Thank you so much. Man, you know what you're doing here. Anybody that knows me knows I am pitiful at the tech part of things, and they're really pitiful at it. I get by somehow, but I'll tell you the truth. I don't know how. I really don't know how. It's just sheer luck. Blessing of God, I guess. Whatever. I get lucky, and he sees fit to make his face shine upon me. I don't know why. 
Thank you so much, uh, Red Fox Radio. That's really, really awesome. I'm going to be doing the show. I'm going to be on the road. So here, here's my thing. I want to, I, you know, when somebody says something as just absolutely nonsensical, it's utter silliness that Cruz is an agent for a foreign power and foreign invader. We're going to look at Ted Cruz and we're going to say, hey, you know what? We think you're trying to get in here and do some stuff. Yeah, we realize you memorize the Constitution. We realize you memorize the Declaration of Defense and, and all those things. Man, yeah, you're, that's what you do when you're trying to get. <laughs> well, how about that? How about that? We look at Barack Hussein Obama. only way you get Hussein as a middle name is if you're a Muslim. It's only conferred to Muslims. Now, we're not talking about Hussein, like my uh, my dentist. Is his name is Ali Hussein. He's from India. It's a different different Hussein altogether. It's a totally different thing. But in in Barack Obama's ilk, the only way you get that name is if you're Muslim. It's the only way, and it's only conferred by the Father. But all of these conservatives are sheepish and silent when Barack Obama. Nobody wanted to put their name. Oh, you're a truth. You're, what is it called? A birther. You're a birther. Glenn Beck, huge radio guy. Glenn Beck. I've met the guy several times. Got a bunch of, you know, signed stuff from him and spent some time. I was supposed to be on his show on the day of the Boston bombing. And then that happened and never been back on. But I don't agree with everything that guy does either. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. I think he's got a good heart. But, poof. Some of this stuff comes out of his mouth. But I can still be friendly with him. I can still support him when I believe in what he's what he's doing. He didn't want any part of it. Oh, you bunch of birthers, you idiots. Call conservatives idiots for, for even bringing it up. Man, you're you're dumb. Tinfoil hat wears, backwoods, called all kinds of names. That's where he lost me. That's where he lost me. Glenn Beck lost me. He lost me there because you know what? It was the truth then. Everybody was silent. Nobody wanted to be the racist. Nobody wanted to step in front of the front of the bullet. Nobody wanted to. So Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh wrote this thing, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you. I think it's important. I don't think we have time to get through all of it, but. He wrote this, Matt Walsh, big blog guy and, and speaker and all that stuff. Good guy, really, really good guy. Dear Donald Trump fan, I'm going to tell you the truth, friend. You say you want the truth. You say you want – now, let me let me preface this. And I'm not saying I'm against Trump. If Trump is the nominee, Trump will get my hard work and support because if we lose this election, it's over. It's all over. It's done. We're done as a country. It's over. You say you want the truth. You say you want someone who speaks boldly and brashly and bluntly and tells it like it is and so on. According to exit polls in South Carolina, voters who want a president who tells it like it is are an essential demographic for Trump, just as they are an essential demographic for Judge Judy and Dr. Phil. You say you want abrupt and matter-of-fact honesty, and you want it so much you'll make a man president for it regardless of whether he defies every principle and value you claim to hold. Personally, I think you're lying, and I'm going to test my theory. In fact, I believe I've already proven my theory because you're now offended that I called you a liar. But Trump has called half of the Earth's population a liar at some point over the past seven months, and you've loved every second of it. You said you loved it, 
not out of cruelty or spite, but out of admiration for a man who's willing to call people liars even if he's lying when he does it. Yet here I am employing the same tactic, accurately I might add, and you recoil indignantly. Over the course of this campaign season, I've said many harsh words about you and your leader, all of which I stand by, but you never respected my harsh words or the harsh words of any Trump critic. Indeed, you insist that our tough criticism of you only vindicates your support for Trump, while Trump's vulgar and dishonest criticism of everyone else also vindicates your support of Trump. You're tired of people being critical, but you love Trump. Because he's critical. You say you like Trump for his style, but you hate his style when it's directed at him or you. You say you like Trump for his style, but you hate his style when it's directed at him or you. You say you want someone who's politically incorrect. You're so desperate for political incorrectness, a supremely ridiculous reason to vote a guy into the Oval Office. But never mind that your esteem for him only grows when he belittles the disabled, mocks American prisoners of war, calls women dogs, calls his opponents the P word, calls for the assassination of women and children, says he'd like to have sex with his daughter, brags about his adultery, etc. You're you're excited by the most vile statements and most cretinous behavior imaginable, not remotely deterred by any of it, no matter how many times he gloats over infidelity, curses his opponents, publicly ogles his own children, because you say it's politically incorrect. That is how unfathomably desperate you are for someone to come along and just say what's on his mind, you claim. You are so fed up with political correctness that you celebrate political incorrectness without distinguishing between the healthy sort and the LOL, I slept with married women and I'm not sorry sort. It doesn't matter if you don't personally agree. You say you just respect the hell out of someone who's willing to shoot straight. Even when shooting straight means comparing Ben Carson to a child molester, calling the entire electorate in Iowa stupid, and referring to women as pieces of ass. Trump won South Carolina on the support of evangelical Christians who were so impressed with his alleged straight talk, they overlooked the fact that he's a crass, cruel, unrepentant philanderer who says he does not need God's forgiveness and who praises Planned Parenthood as wonderful and his radically pro-abortion sister as a phenomenal candidate for the Supreme Court. That's how much you pretend to admire bluntness in a man so much that it overrides literally everything else. Well, by your logic, then, you should be filled with an immense and irresistible affection for me when I call Donald Trump a crooked, underhanded con artist and you a reckless, ignorant dupe. You should fall madly in love with me when I accuse Donald Trump of being a spoiled, overgrown brat and you of being a cultish groupie enamored with fame. You should well up with pride and salute me as I mention that Donald Trump and soiled diapers sagging at the pants of American politics and you're the poor, pitiful sap trying to elect it president. You don't have to agree, but man, isn't it refreshing that I'm willing to tell you what's on my mind? Shouldn't you leave a thousand comments under this article praising me for being politically incorrect, willing to not at- to attack not only Donald Trump, but his blue-collar supporters? In fact, if you're sincere in your alleged re- regard for the bold and audacious approach, I expect you'll have launched a nationwide writing campaign for me by tomorrow morning. But that's not how it works, is it? 
You've already melted into a boiling puddle of rage and self-pity, haven't you? You're incensed and offended that I could be so judgmental and dismissive and critical and a hundred other qualities you find so orgasmically satisfying when they're displayed by the great Trump. You say you want some straight-shooting, honest, politically incorrect tough talk, but that's simply a lie. If it were true, my inbox would not be filled to capacity with cartoonishly shocked and outraged Trump fans every time I utter word a word of criticism in his direction. It shouldn't matter that my criticisms are sharp and severe. You ought to revere me all the more for it. I thought you were tired of people walking on eggshells. Turns out you don't want Donald Trump to walk on eggshells, but you have fortified your own perimeter with a thick layer of eggshells, and you expect anyone who comes near it to tiptoe with extreme caution. It turns out you want to be coddled and cuddled and pandered to and excused. You're in favor of whatever Trump says because Trump said it, but when it comes to how people talk about you and about him, you expect to be treated like a soft and delicate flower. You flock eagerly to a flamboyant, authoritarian, billionaire fascist, and you feel you ought to be completely insulated from criticism while you do so. Everyone else ought to be subject to relentless and profane invective from an elderly Manhattan real estate heir, but you and he should be above reproach. Tell it like it is. I'll tell you like it is. In my life, I've never encountered a group of people more averse to being told how it is. Of course you believe you're entitled to this attitude because you know what? You're angry. Your anger indulges you with the moral authority to take leave of your reason and your common sense, your anger, you you believe places beyond you places you beyond your anger. You believe places you, places you beyond judgment. Even as you attempt to drag this country into a future of more tyranny and cultism, you believe that the rest of us ought to take your supposedly righteous rage into account, while you refuse to take anything but your own infatuation with spectacle and celebrity into account. Whatever concerns we raise, including the ones I'm raising now, will be written off as written off in an instant. We're tired of politics as usual. We're angry. And that's supposed to be of some kind of rhetorical hall pass, permitting you to do and say whatever you please, unchallenged. Well, let me be the first, and perhaps the only, which is not going to, he's not the only, because I've said this. You know if you've listened to my show, you know if you've listened to my show that I've said this before, not as articulately as Matt Walsh, but... I've said it before. Well, let me be the first and perhaps the only to say this out loud. Although millions of people share this sentiment quietly, I don't care about your anger. There's some more truth for you, friend. There's some more telling it like it is. Two can play at this game, you know, and the only difference is, is that I'm right. I couldn't take your anger seriously, even if I wanted to. After all, you say you're angry that people are too afraid to speak their minds. But as we've established, you don't really want anyone but Donald Trump to speak his mind. You say you're angry about the corruption in Washington. But you support a slimy swindler and fraudster who boasts of his bribery schemes and makes no apologies for shamelessly exploiting political corruption for personal gain. You say you're angry about illegal, immigra illegal immigration, but, but you rally around a guy who supported amnesty as recently as 2013. You're, surrounding a, you're supporting a guy, you're rallying around a guy who employed illegal immigrants and donated millions of dollars to open borders politicians like Representative Nancy Pelosi, Senator, Senator Chuck Schumer, and Hillary Clinton. You say you're angry about the establishment, but you worship a candidate who said only a few weeks ago that you got to be a little establishment in order to get things done, who admits that he was the establishment right until he ran for president. 
You say you're angry that Republicans won't fight, but you hail as a warrior the same guy who says he'll happily work with Democrats, which probably explains a lot why Senator Harry Reid praised him and Jimmy Carter called him malleable. It's not uncommon for me to hear from Trump friends saying that they're angry, Republicans for cutting deals and compromising in one breath, and in the very next they want Trump because he's really good at cutting deals and compromising. Right down the list, you are blithely embracing every single thing you say you're so angry about. Trump is the very embodiment of corruption, deception, cowardice, and elitism. He is precisely the sort of man that you supposedly detest. Trump is exploiting America's frustration with men like Trump. Trump is running against Trump. You are voting for Trump because you hate Trump. You're angry at politicians because they act like Trump and make deals like Trump and go to parties, cocktail parties with men like Trump and look down at the other guy like Trump and possess the, and possess the integrity of Trump. And so your solution is to elect Trump. Your anger at Trump leads you to Trump. Perhaps this is why you're so worried about politicians who are controlled by the donors. But you aren't at all concerned about a politician who is the very donor you don't want controlling the political process. I'm sick of these donors influencing the government. I have an idea. Let's make one president. Trump is the very embodiment of corruption, deception, cowardice, and elitism. It seems more like schizophrenia than anger. Aside from a chronic mental illness, there are only two explanations for a person who avidly supports the continuation of a thing because he's angry at that thing. Either he's fantastically stupid or he's not actually angry at all. Friend, I should tell you, the most popular theory among non-Trump supporters is that you fall into the former category. When we talk to each other in private, almost everyone agrees you're stupid. And again, you should, by your own words, hold me in the highest esteem for telling you this uncomfortable fact. People think you're stupid. Just as they thought Barack Obama about Barack Obama supporters in 2008. The parallels between the two groups are indeed profound, as exit polls attest. Once again, people are voting because they want change, unconcerned by the fact that the change is ambiguous, nonspecific, and, in fact, really not change at all. A lot of people gasping grasping for an explanation as to how voters might be suckered by the same shtick three times in a row, just chalk it up to stupidity. By the way, you should doubly love what I'm doing here because it appears very close to apophasis, 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 which is a rhetorical device where the speaker corely makes an accusation or assault, insult in the context of denying or distancing himself from, unkind, from the unkind remark. Many people believe my neighbor Jim is a thieving jerk who borrowed my garden hose last July and didn't return it. But I'm not going to talk about that. That's that kind of thing. Apophasis. It's a strategy Trump employs all the time. You always go along with it. Like when he called Megyn Kelly a bimbo by saying, I refuse to call Megyn Kelly a bimbo. Because that will be politically incorrect, like clockwork. You insisted that he didn't call Megyn Kelly a bimbo. He merely brought up the fact that he would call her a bimbo if it weren't so rude to do so. January 26th, Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump waits to be introduced during a campaign event at the University of Iowa. The same people. This place is lined with these people. The same people he called idiots. Well, in a similar fashion, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just saying that there that other people call you stupid. You should therefore defend me against any accusation that I've called you stupid, just as you would Trump. But the difference is that I'm not 
being coy here. I don't really think you're stupid. I certainly don't think I'm any smarter than you. I subscribe to the second theory. I don't believe you really you're really all that angry. Your your anger to whatever extent it exists at all is surface level. It's a purely emotional experience fed by a mob mentality. You're angry in the way a rioter or looter is angry. Your temper might be flaring, your heart rate jumping, and you might be filled with the uncontrollable urge to break a window, but underneath that anger is really something much closer to boredom and apathy. You don't feel a real, intense, profound, deep, and meaningful disgust at the corruption and malfeasance in Washington, because if you did, there's simply no way you'd support a man. There's no way you'd support a man like Donald Trump, unless, like I said, you're stupid. Because you aren't stupid, and a non, but you aren't stupid, and a non-stupid person, a serious person, who truly, deeply, intensely loathes the current state of affairs, who genuinely describes desires that his country be revived for the sake of his children, would not be turning into a blustery, boorish TV reality con- character with a catchphrase and a fake tan for answers. I'm just telling it like it is here, friends. I'm telling you what's on my mind. I'm being completely and painfully honest with you. I don't believe your anger. I think you want a spectacle, not a solution. A celebrity, not a statesman. A circus performer, not a leader. I think you want to be entertained. I think you're not taking this seriously enough. I think you're intellectually lazy, so you've accepted authoritarianism as a stand-in for strength. I think you're following the trend of the day. I think you're wrapped up in media hype. In other words, I think your anger, if it exists, is misplaced. You should be angry at yourself because if this country falls finally and irrevocably into despotism, it will be your fault. You'll have chosen it. You have elected and applauded that. That, my friends, is what makes me angry, and that's just how it is. That's Matt Walsh, folks. That's Matt Walsh. And I can't say I disagree. Here's the bottom line. What's at stake? RPM, religious, political, and military. That's Islam's mission. And they won't stop until they're dead. They're, they're not coming for us. They're here. Tomorrow I'm going to be on Southern Sense Radio. Thank you to Red Fox Radio for joining us and all those in chat for joining us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to have you. You guys are awesome. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock we're going to be on Southern Sense Radio on this station, Blog Talk Radio. On Friday you've got to join us. You've got to join us on Friday. It's going to be a powerful show. 4 p.m. on Friday, Blog Talk Radio. Go to theninjapastor.com. Get all the information on it. It's worth it. Tell all your friends. There's a link there on the blog site uh, where we talk about our interview. It has um, Bill Federer's, many of his pictures, different things, where, where Oprah Winfrey stands on Islam. What's at stake? Religious, political, and military. That's Islam's mission. They start being a religious organization, then they become a political organization, and then they become military. And when they become military, they kill you. They kill your family. They kill your friends, and then they kill the country. We can't allow that to happen. Not on our watch. Not while we're here. Not while we're vigilant. But we've got to be mutually pledged one to another to keep the republic. If we don't, we will lose the republic.
Thank you for joining me today. Share the show with your friends. God bless you. God bless America. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.